Enga maunga tito hea, enga iwi o te motu, tēnei au ka mihia tūnei kia koutou, katoa. Kua whakarongo pīkari mai ki te hōtaka nei, a Tiahika. Ko Justin Murray, aho. This is Tiahika, our weekly series that offers up an insight into Te Ao Māori. I hope that you're all keeping well in your bubbles. As the country heads into COVID-19 lockdown level three, it still means that many people like myself remain working from home. So with this in mind, Tiahika is a conversation style show this week. In our last show, I sat down for a kōrero with Dr Wayne Nutter, who discussed the place of the marae and if online or social media is the new meeting place. People are living their lives on social media, in communication with others, as some may ask, is that how our marae operated or operate as well? So where do people meet <laughs> in virtual marae? This week we explore other parts of tikanga Māori or Māori practices. I'm joined with former broadcaster, author and educator Dr Hare Williams who gives us his perspective about the marae and in particular the roles of the speakers. I want to see the paradigms of the paipai changed so that women can sit on the paipai and speak on marae atea. Now, Mirakazazi advocated that back in the 90s and she did it at a tertiary institution. A tertiary institution is a place for change, for critical thinking. Mm. That's where this whole issue of women sitting on the paper should be debated. And we talk about koha, or the act of giving to others. Kuera te horopaki o ngā kōrero e nei. That's coming up in this edition of Tiahika. Marae is a complex of buildings with a whare tipuna or meeting house and a whare kai or dining hall, ablution block, perhaps a kohanga reo or Māori language preschool centre and kaumatua housing nearby. Before the COVID-19 lockdown on March the 25th, arahui or restrictions were placed on the hariru or hungi. Eventually, Marae closed their doors to the public. What is evident over this past month is that what would normally take place on the marae, discussions, church services and the like, have, with some gusto, taken to social media. As with our previous guest on the show who described the marae as the last bastion of Māori culture, I ask Dr Hare Williams what his perspective is. The changing dynamics of a marae are huge. It's now accepted as one of the major institutions in our country, mm. especially when there's a crisis, when there's a tsunami, when there's an earthquake, when there's a fire. People turn now to Amarai as an institution for, for, our, uh, for our services, you know, uh, alongside uh, the fire department and, um, Good point. Uh, and things like that. So at long last, Amarai is beginning, it used to be called the PA, all the Māori going back to the PA. Uh, that was the theory when in the conspiracy when I when I was young, you know, and some of some of us deliberately stayed away from the par because <laughs> we didn't. But you know, the two churches were on the eleventh, the twelfth, and the thirteenth of uh, each month, so we stayed away those days, and and, and we were labelled. You know, the par <laughs> kids uh, are not at school today, and and uh, you know that that that. that Thing still is still there, but the Mariah I think is a place that makes people 
welcome. It's a place where our rangatahi find out who they are mm. and where they belong, what, where they've come from. It's socially and culturally and spiritually cohesive. That it, it, it's the integration of the things that are important to them. But it's a place where they can share their values with their Pākehā and other cohorts from other countries. Yeah, to belong to a marae is you're never alone. He kāinga tahi ka noho, he kāinga rua ka ora, with one home. You exist. I exist in a house. See, I go to work, I do my thing, I go and do things around the place. But when I go home to my kāinga in Gisborne or in Matodi Bay or in Ohiwa, my second home is where I belong, spiritually, culturally, emotionally. Mm. In every way, my second home, I exist and I, should ne- I can never be alone in the world. So the marae is my, play, my courthouse, it's my university, it's my place where I provide the sanctity of those who pass on to the other world. It's a place where I can celebrate my children mm. when they're born, when they acquire further education in Te Ao Māori or in Te Ao Pākehā. The marae is integrative in that it's, uh, it's open to all cultures. But we allow them to come in. The karanga allows them to step over the threshold at the Waharua, to step into our domain. That's what we did to the newcomers when they came here on the 29th of January, 1840, prepared the Treaty of Waitangi that was signed on the 6th of February by Hobson and the chiefs, but the Treaty of Waitangi was really endorsed by the chiefs on the 5th of February, 1860, at a place called Titi, on the side of the bridge at Waitangi. So the marae is our spiritual hearth. Mm. It's a place where our rangatahi can make their children. Mm. You know, I had a young woman come to me from Taranaki. She said, I, I've been told I'm not allowed to make my children inside our meeting house. What, what's your view on it? I said, that's the best place to make your child. Anyway, they just spent five years later on, I, this young woman came up to me with a five-year-old. She said, where, guess where I made him? And I said, you, you, you've honoured your ancestors by doing that. And, 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 and it's a great, that child is going to grow up and know. It was like putting the placenta back into the ground. You made your child on the land, under the mountain, inside the Farenui. Koha is the act of giving to others, usually seen today in the form of money laid in front of the host marae during the pōhiri or welcome ceremony. Now this is seen as a way for the visiting group to assist with the costs incurred by the host. For example, large gatherings such as tangihanga or funerals, koha can go towards these costs or directly to the bereaved family. But koha can also come in the form of time, those who help out in the kitchen to feed the people or those who provide food for the occasion. 
Last week on Siahika, Dr. Wayne Nutter defined kuha as te whakaro o te tangata ki te kaupapa. That is the very idea a person has just to give, whatever that may be. Dr. Hirini Mead writes that koha was a contribution to the occasion in a display of kinship solidarity. We explore koha further with Dr. Hare Williams, who says that koha is also about the strength of whānau, tribal ties and relationships. To me, koha is the principle of giving and receiving and returning. Now, we don't often talk about the return. Mm. We give and you receive, but when you bring it back, you add a bonus so that I'm all, the, the recipient is always in debt. It's, the koha is never closed. It's always open to have that flexibility for it to continue. The relationship depends on the return. So I was a koha to my grandparents yes. uh, from Te Aitaka Mahaki, and I became the, a, a kind of a repository for, mm. for the taonga of knowledge. But it was to establish, to, to reinforce the relationship between the Aitanga Mahaki and Tuhoe. Ah. And uh, so I was a koha to my grandparents. Now, the greatest koha in the Maori world to give is the gift of land. That's a good gift. Another good gift, the second good gift is the gift of a bride. Mm. In marriage, it cements two people. Yes. It might be Taranaki and Far North. It might be wherever. So the traditional way of marriage, Māori marriage, is to cement those traditional core values. The third gift is a gift of a child, and I was a gift of a child to my grandparents at Ohiwa. But the koha is also, the return is utu. Utu can be a good gift. The gift of a land is a good gift. But insults can be bad gifts. Insults can lead to conflict. It can lead to war. And so the koha principle still operates. So utu is to return the bad gift. And in the beginning we talked about... <clears throat> The good gift, that's about peace, but bad gifts are about conflict and war, mm. and it continues until utu is achieved. So the koha is a very, very important part of the operation, the politics and the judicial system in Māori society. Mm. William Hobson was given a koha, by uh, Apihai Kawau of 3,000 acres of land. <laughs> it didn't mean that he owned the land. It meant he borrowed the land. When he didn't use it, he didn't give it back. He sold it for 8,000% interest. And, of course, people who are money-minded will think that's very good business. But it broke a Māori customary law that if you don't use it, you return it. So we have schools and police stations and railway stations now being handed back to iwi. The koha does not finish. When you buy something, it's closed. The koha is never closed. When we go on the marae to a tangi, we put money in an envelope 
and it's put down in the marae, it's received by the people of Bethlehem, the two papaku is there, we have a tangi, we have a big hakari. My manuhiri goes home, we left our koha there, but in time, your iwi from uh, Matakana Island will come to my marae and put down a koha. But you put extra into it. That extra keeps us in continuous debt. And in time, we bring that koha and return it to you. The oratory bench, or the paipai tapu, is the space where the male speakers of the host marae sit to carry out the speaking rites, or the whaikōrero. However, women from Ngāti Puro have also been accorded speaking rights on their oratory benches. To explore this further, we join Dr Wayne Ngata again, who discusses the paipai tapu within his own tribal areas on the East Coast and the importance of allowing the younger generation to take up their place as speakers. I can only comment from my own. Two things that we have been doing for some time. You grow your own paipai and that that paipai is grown from a young age. By young age, I mean you, you, you work through kohanga, the whole thing around te reo Māori. So why do we, why did we have kohanga, mo te reo Māori, kura kaupapa, all that sort of thing. So, so you are building a cohort of, of good people who speak Māori. And those good people... They're good because you make them good and you help them to be good because they have to be contributing in different ways. It might be on the pipe, it might be as an engineer somewhere, it might be whatever they choose to do, but their connection has to be strong to home, uh, to their marae, to their kainga, and to what they can contribute. Now, what you get out of that is I can, you know, safely say that over the last 10 years, we allow and have allowed our younger generation and by young I mean in their early 20s 30 maybe the oldest to run hui whether they're tangihanga whether they're rafano or hui whakanui that sort of hui, we let them run it our role is to is to keep all the uglies away and, and what do you mean by the uglies? well anyone who wants to mark to them Mm. And, um, you know, I'm saying that, you know, tongue-in-cheek, but when people see that sometimes, they either say, ooh, that's great, or they say, hmm, they shouldn't be doing that. Yes. Yeah. And and you get all, you get the whole range. Mm. And so our job is to support them and to keep the bad things away. The second thing, and and it's nothing new from our point of view, I haven't seen some of our women speak on the marae f- for mm. maybe 20 years now. Maybe, yeah, maybe 20, 25 years. the last fire Well, She's kind not of just fire. Fire was one of them. She's yes. just one of that, that kind of got rose. out there. Yeah, 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 yeah but true. But there were a lot of others. Yes. And our, aunt, they were our aunties. So I haven't, see, I haven't, I know, no, I haven't seen my generation yet, maybe one or two who have spoken on the marae. It's not for me. I think to myself, right, we, sh- we should allow our women to speak. It's not for me to say I should allow them because the women that I remember, our aunties, they didn't ask for permission. Who am I to say, I'll give you permission? Hmm. Yeah. And when we consider, you know, people ask, well, what's the justification? I'll say, you're not ah, 
Wayne. Tena fari, tena hapu, Wayne. Tena, yourself. But that's from our point of view. Yep. One, and if you put it in a very pragmatic sense, there is a much higher percentage of Māori women amongst us who speak Māori than Māori men. It is a fact. H- how long do we support a particular way of doing stuff when we know that our people did it differently? And and do we? How do we support our women? to take that step without us being the ones saying you should do this. And, and I put it out there for, from waku tamahinetun, tamahine pakekene, you know, that's the wider, the, the whole lot of them. Um, I put it to them in recent times um, and we'll just keep the, the uglies away. So, so with tapu and noa mm, and how mm, that plays out mm. in terms of the marae and yeah. you have women's, I mean, obviously Ngāti yeah. Pro been doing it for, for, you know, but how does that kind of interplay with the notion of, of allowing... Tapu yeah. well, he tapu no te wahin. Mm. Yeah, he tapu no te wahin. He tapu te tāne, he tapu te wahin. Ki te kia, uh, ko te marae nā, he wahi tapu ma te tāne, he whakamutuatu. And so how do we interpret the frameworks that we have with Rangi and Papa? and tane. How do we put into practice our kōrero? I mean, is it time for women to be on the pipeline? Well, um, you know, I was, short answer, yes. But I, I can't tell other iwi how they, uh, yeah, yeah. how they should operate. I can ask mine, mm. well, how do you think we should operate? And then I can ask mine or, or say to mine, you remember Auntie so and so and Annie so and so and what they did and why they did this and mm. how they did this? Oh, yeah. Way hook. Go with Marco recorded. Tina Kwe, Dr. Wayne Ngata. I also asked Dr. Hare Williams about his perspective. Probably a, a, a radical viewpoint, except Māori women, women are saying this too, especially young ones. I want to see the paradigms of the paipai changed so that women can sit on the paipai and speak on marae atea. Now, Mirakazazi advocated that back in the 90s and she did it at a tertiary institution. A tertiary institution is a place for change, for mm. critical thinking. Mm. That's where this whole issue of women sitting on the paipai should be debated. Now, my own tribe in Drongofakata in Gisborne, the women can stand, but they forfeit the most important thing that they have, which is the karanga. Relatives in Ngāti Pro, the women speak on the marae. The women of Tahu Portiki in the South Island, they speak on the marae. Sitting on chairs is a post-Christian thing. It's a post-colonial thing. We didn't have chairs on the Malay in, in, in the Cook Islands. The chairs were introduced by men, by Māori men in New Zealand, so that the women can sit in the back. But kia tātou katoa, nā te kraitiana tēnei tuāhuatanga, te noho te wahine i muri I went to the Cook Islands one time. Everyone sat in a big circle. The chief or his wife and their close kin, men and women, sat around the house and all the others sat in a circle. There are no chairs. And the Māori Forum is really a circle. You know, when you sit behind somebody, eh, and there's somebody asking a question behind you, you can't hear the question. Mm. And when somebody answers in front of you, you don't know what the hell the, 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 the question was about. So the open forum is the round one. Inside the Whare Nui, we sit in a circle. 
The women are in the house. They can get up and speak. Ringatu. The women are allowed to get up and do a karaki. The children are allowed to get up and do a karaki. The taina is allowed to get up. So why not? I know there are, you know, with Tuhue and Tarawa especially, very strong, stringent things about uh, tumatauinga. Probably a very radical point of view. Women, full stop. Women, full should stop. Should be allowed. Titifai Harawood has broken that barrier in Northland. Whenever I've gone up there with the Labour Party, guess who's sitting right at the front? It's Titifai Harawood. It's women like uh, Mirakazazi, like uh, um, Faya McClutchy, yes. and my auntie uh, Henny Sunderland. But changes have to come from inside somewhere. And to me, a tertiary institution like Unitech, or the University of Auckland, or Waikato University, or the Wananga or Aotearoa, should run a Wananga and debate the whole issue. He kai mutehiri kapo, food for thought in terms of the future of tikanga Māori on marae. Kia ora hemihiti ne kia koe e Dr Hare Williams that was recorded at his home in Auckland in late 2019 and of course Dr Wayne Ngata who we heard in the show as well. Namihi mayoha. Kua tai tātou ki te mutunga o tēnei wahanga. That's the show for another week. Now don't forget you can get in touch. Email tiahikai at rnz.co.nz. Follow social media on RNZ Tiao Māori. Ka hoki mai, tēnei kaupapa hei, tērā wiki. Join the show next Sunday. Tēnā tātou katoa. Ha, ha, ha. Watch you slip away. Slip away. My fingers When you left Oh, you took away Some part of me I think I needed Though the pain in my heart You'll always be part of me And wherever I go Just to see your face in my dreams.